Can you imagine the love of these four men, her friends of this man that was crippled? To come for a long, long distance carrying their friend and bringing them to Jesus. And now Jesus is taking care of their problem. What about you? How persistent are you for your friends and family? Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson continues our focus on the far-reaching impact of God's love. We think you'll be encouraged as Raul assures you of Christ's saving authority over every struggle and trial you'll ever encounter. Stay with us to see how Jesus freed a man from demons, calmed a raging storm, and healed a paralyzed man. Let's listen as Raul begins now in Matthew chapter 9. One of the things about the story here is that Mark and Luke give you a better perspective. Uh, Matthew kind of gives you a short story, not enough detail, but it's cool. Because in the Gospel of Mark, what you have is that you have Jesus just leaving Gadara where he has been praying for two people that were demon-possessed. And these demon-possessed persons were becoming a great problem to the town of Gadara and the citizens of Gadara. As people would try to walk to the highway, these men would attack them and the demons would overtake them. And so everyone was afraid to walk in the city of Gadara. So when Jesus went from Capernaum over to Gadara with his disciples, when he got there, he actually saw that these uh, men that were demon-possessed were hanging out at the cemetery. And then at the cemetery, they were having these problems with these demons, not only possessing them, but they would go out and harass other people. So if we remember the story, the Lord went ahead and prayed for them, and they were delivered, and the demons began to... uh, to share with Christ, we know our time is not yet. Uh, we know who you are. And uh, can you allow us to go into the pigs that are out there feeding and that we can actually possess the body of pigs? Why? Because when a demon is going to come out of another person's body, the demon needs another body, human or animal. It doesn't really matter. And so when these Jews saw that Jesus spoke to the demons... And he gave permission to them to run out of their bodies and to go into the pigs. These Jews were doing something that was very unlawful against the Bible, the law of God. They were not supposed to be feeding or buying swine. Because Jews, according to the law, were forbidden to eat any kind of pork. So it was an unlawful business they had under the table, making money. So when Jesus came and allowed these demons to speak out and to walk out and actually possess the pigs and make them run wild into the Sea of Galilee and drown in the Sea of Galilee, not the demons, but the pigs. 
The people became very upset. They ran into the city, grabbed a hold of all the people, and they came out to meet Jesus. And remember the story? Instead of praising the Lord and thanking Him, they despised Him, and they actually told Him to leave town. They didn't care who He was. So Jesus left and never came back to that town ever again. And so when these guys were delivered from demonology, they were set free. Now Jesus is going over from Gadara and he's going back to Capernaum after delivering these demons. He went to the house of Peter and when they got to the house of Peter, there were all these people that they heard that Jesus was in town. So they came from everywhere, including the scribes, which the scribes were the liberals of that time. They did not believe in the word of God. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They did not believe in the actual word of God. They did not believe in life after death. Very, very radical. But they came to the house of Peter because they heard that Jesus was there. And many other people came. So when they came, they filled up the house of Peter. And whenever we've gone to Israel, we always like to go over to the Sea of Galilee. And we go to Capernaum. And there's a synagogue in Capernaum where we do our services that has been dug out to the time of Christ. And then the Catholic Church has built this church next to the water. It looks like an, uh, it's a black flying saucer. That's what it looks like. It's really ugly. I don't know why they built it like that. We know that Peter lived there in Capernaum, but we really don't know where. Nobody really knows. But it's amazing when you go there, because as you're sitting there in the synagogue, you get the picture of the stories. So when Jesus came to the house of Peter and the people heard, they came from everywhere. And they came inside of the house and outside of the house, it was jam-packed. And the Bible tells us that there was four men that came from a long distance. They had a friend that was very ill and he was paralyzed. And as you read the commentary of this man... Literally, this man was actually hanging out and having sex with a lot of women. And he caught a venereal disease that paralyzed him fully and completely. Put him on his back. He couldn't move. So when his friends heard that Jesus was in town, Jesus was in the house and they came in a long journey walking, carrying their friend on a pallet. And when they came to the house of Peter, the house was jam-packed with people. Imagine that. Let's read the story that Matthew gives us, and then we'll develop it. Look what it says, beginning with chapter 9, verse 1, as we only see Christ Jesus as the only mediator and sin-bearer for our sins. It says, so he got into a boat and crossed over, they're leaving Gadara, And coming to Capernaum. And he came to his own city. This is the headquarters of Jesus. And then behold they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith he said unto the paralytic son. Be of good cheer your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves. This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he got up, 
And he departed for his house. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God and had given such power to men. They were blown away to what took place. Here we see the Lord showing himself powerfully over sicknesses and storms. But now he's going to be dealing with sin. Palsy was a gradual paralysis, medically speaking. It would actually make you crippled. And isn't that true of sin? What does sin do? Sin cripples you. Stops you right where you are. You can't do nothing. Just like palsy. But this man had four good friends that really loved him. And really cared for him. They had love. They had faith. And they had hope. They brought their friend. That was very sick to Jesus. And they permitted nothing to stand in their way. Nothing that stood in their way. Because of their belief and the faith that they had in their lives. Concerning their friend and how they wanted to see him be healed. Now we do not know. But we do know that Jesus dealt with the sin problem first. And then he dealt with the great issue of healing. Once he took care of the problem with sin. And that's the way God works. Look at observation number one in verse one. Where Jesus is returning back to his own headquarters. Not knowing what's taking place there. He says so he got into a boat and crossed over. And he came to his own city. So he left Gadara. Entered Capernaum. And then the gatherings had asked him to leave at once and they didn't really want anything to do with him. And here he comes to Capernaum and there's a lot of issues and a lot of needs. People are waiting for him in Peter's house. Amazing. Look at observation number 2 in verse 2 of chapter 9. The paralytic now and his friends and their faith. And then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And the story in Mark is that he came there, the house was filled. So they went on top of the roof and they began to dig and they lowered their friend down to Jesus. So now the friend is right by Jesus in the house. It says here, that when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Hey, wait a minute. I didn't come for my sins. I came to walk. And here are all the leaders there that are atheistic. They don't even believe. Can you imagine the love of these four men, their friends of this man that was crippled, to come for a long, long distance carrying their friend and bringing them to Jesus, and now Jesus is taking care of their problem. The persistency of the coming of these men to Jesus. What about you? How persistent are you for your friends and family? Do you really love your family? Do you really care for your friends? Real important. That we must, each one of us, answer that question individually and recognize who Christ is and what Christ has done and what Christ intends to do in the life of every one of us. As we get that burden in our hearts for people that are weak and sick and dying in sin to be able to help them to rescue them before it's too late for them to be saved 
You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Call us at 800-634-9165 or visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com for resources to support you in your walk with Christ. After today's lesson, we'll tell you about a booklet that outlines God's greatest blessings. But first, here's Raul with more from Matthew chapter 9. There has to be three qualities as friends that we have to have if we're going to help anybody else, number one, we must be obsessed with the mission of getting people to Jesus Christ. We must be obsessed with it. If you don't have the desire and the obsession, you'll never do it. You'll be a person that would always be with excuses why you haven't done it. Too busy, too many problems, too many things. And yet we're called by the Lord to be a person to be caring for other people. To be caring for their souls. Secondly, we must acknowledge Christ's power to help beyond any question, any person that comes to Jesus Christ. If you come with the right attitude and you come to Jesus Christ, He will never, ever neglect you. Ever. He will never send you away. He will touch your lives. But he has to see your heart and the desires of your heart. Thirdly, we must persist and persevere until we get disabled people to Jesus Christ. Until we get that person there, we must never be discouraged and see what God has for them. We cannot save our friends, but we can bring them to Jesus. We can introduce them to Jesus. And he'll take care of the saving by the power of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit draws people to himself. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can convict person from their sins. Remember John the Baptist, what he did? In John chapter 129, he says, The next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist was cousin to Jesus. Mary and Elizabeth were sisters. Imagine that. That was his cousin. And yet he respected Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The sin barrier, Jesus. In 1 John 1.8 he says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us continually from all of our unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make Jesus a liar and his word is not in us. Very straightforward, the gospel. And so now we see in the third observation... That here in verse 3, the attack of the enemy against the one that had come to be forgiven. And the one that gives forgiveness. Notice what it says in verse 3. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, this man is blaspheming. They were talking to themselves. They didn't say one word. But Jesus discerned. As Jesus discerns in every one of us. We don't have to be boisterous out loud and speak to people. God knows what's in our hearts. They were standing back on the corner watching. And they were in their minds talking to themselves. And they were not talking good things. And Jesus perceived it. 
And he rebuked them. Because Jesus had the power to forgive sins. He was a son of God. And yet, silently, they were the accusers on the other side of the room, blaspheming against Jesus. They did not believe that he was a sin bearer. We need to be careful. Because many think this even today when you talk to people. Many who disbelieve, yet however, they do accept Jesus Christ as to be the greatest teacher who ever lived, but not as a son of God. There are professors in colleges that say, oh Jesus, yeah, he was a great man, but not God. You see? You can't say that. Because Christ was the son of God. He is God. In John 3, 16, remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John 10, 36, do you say of Jesus, whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God? And then Jesus talking to Mary when Lazarus died in John eleven twenty five, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And then Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 5.19 said, That is that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, which means he wants to save. He wants to forgive. Jesus Christ. When Jesus heard the heart beating of the scribes and their thoughts, then Jesus responds. Look at in verse 4 through 7, the authority now of Jesus in forgiving sin. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, get up and walk? But then he said this, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, Then he said to the man that was paralyzed, Arise, take up your bed, and go home. And he got up and picked up his bed and went home. Isn't that interesting? How beautiful? The power of forgiveness that Jesus brings to every one of us. You see, Jesus reveals something here. He knew the rejection of the religionist. The scribes were rejecting it. They were thinking that Jesus, the Son of God, was not God. And that he had no power to forgive sins. Secondly, Jesus is suggesting something, a test. He proved his deity by acting on his word. I am the word of God. You see? Jesus acknowledging that profession only was inadequate evidence to proclaim action. He needed to see action, and the action came when he got up out of his bed, already forgiven for his sins, and now he's going to walk. Amazing. Christ did something here in amazement. He healed the man. He proved his deity and messiahship. His miracles prove exactly what he was claiming. 
that he was the Messiah, the anointed one of God. And yet the scribes were so blind to that. And now he calls the servant to get up. Can you imagine how his friends must have felt when they saw the healing of Jesus? And you know what caught my attention, what caught my eye at the end of that story where he says, and he got up and he departed to his house. He was sent home to do what? To tell his family about Jesus. That's what we're called to do. That's why we come here. We come to learn. We come to be exhorted. We come here to grow in God's grace, in God's love, in God's mercy. Observation number five, look at verse eight. This is so beautiful. And when the multitude saw it, everybody inside and outside, they marveled. And what did they do? They glorified God who had given such power to men. They recognized Jesus. You are God. You are God. For God can only do this thing. Notice that. The power to forgive sins brought the glory to God. Psalm twenty two twenty three says, You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All your descendants of Jacob, glorify Him. And fear Him, all you offspring of Israel. Psalm 67, 3, Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you, thus saith the Lord. Hebrews 13, 15, Therefore by Him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Two things should stir up in glorifying the Lord. Number one, the demonstration of the power of Jesus in forgiving of sins and healing that man. Secondly, how about the salvation of people whose sins are truly forgiven. They're cast to the east of the west, buried in the deepest part of the ocean, and remember never again. It's a done deal. How about some of you here this morning? What are you going to do with Jesus Christ in your life when salvation is the free gift of God? We hope you've been encouraged by today's assurance that through Christ's power and authority, you can be set free from sin and find victory in life's trials. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson, we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. To receive that, simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for Roll's teaching titled, Jesus Forgives Sin. We'd also like to offer you a resource with more insight into the Lord's amazing unconditional love. Titled, Understanding God's Compassion, this four-chapter booklet celebrates the divinely given blessings of salvation, healing, protection, and provision. Act now to order Rawls' spirit-lifting guide titled, Understanding God's Compassion. To make your purchase, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. And we'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. Our mailing address, if you'd like to order by writing us, is Somebody Loves You Radio. Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
Our goal is to help you experience a strong, deeply personal connection with God, and we design every broadcast to provide biblical insight into who He is. Your feedback is important to us. We also invite you to take advantage of all of our free resources. Be sure to join Roll for Straight Talk, a weekly Q&A program with insights for navigating life with God's Word as your guide. You'll find Straight Talk on Roll's YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. For more of Rawls' teaching, you can download podcasts of all of these programs using iTunes or Spotify. And our easily downloadable app also provides convenient access to even more faith-building resources. Somebody Loves You Radio is a listener-supported ministry. We thank you so much for your partnership in helping us reach more and more people with the gospel. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll continue with more on this series centered on God's life-defining love. As you think about the symbolic imagery of a fruitful branch on a vine, you'll be challenged to prioritize daily time with Christ so that you can live out the rich abundance of His will. Here's Roll once again with a closing comment. Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's free. You come... By repenting of your sins, admitting you're a sinner, and then you repent. And then you confess your sins to him, secondly. And then by faith, you say, Jesus, come into my heart. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I receive you into my heart as my Master and Lord. And then he writes your name in the book of life. And he takes his blood and he washes you as white as snow. And he gives you the guarantee today that if you were to die, you would go to heaven. That's what the Bible teaches. I am falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.